1: And welcome to another installment of Shift Bower Over Rocks. It's a little special today. This is actually the last one coming out here in 2019. Uh, we got some bills to pay, and we got a couple of lawsuits <laughs> pending. So, uh, no, nah, psych. like we still got a lot going on. We'll take a little hiatus, but we'll be back. But I got a very special guest, the cat that you're off. Ladies and gentlemen, Joey Klender, friend, colleague, mass media writer of a Tesla affiliate by the name of Tesla, Lorati, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, you did. Did I get everything correctly yes, on in the intro?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Um, ah, I mean, Joey, I mean, we kind of friends through the internet and some mutuals. That's
2: right. Shout out Kate Myers. Okay? Yeah, shout out to Regina out there. <laughs> Silk City, great diner. I actually will be going there tomorrow morning. It's, her, it's so. very good. Get yeah. the chicken and waffles, please. Okay. Yeah, I was planning on doing <laughs> something along those lines.
1: But uh, I'm happy to have you on. I, I see you're bearing gifts today, too. Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, I did bring the notorious Conor McGregor's whiskey. Proper 12. Proper 12. So we are having a couple glasses of that. Yes,
1: uh, unofficial fantastic. sponsorship our rocks. That's right. Season finale.
2: Always repping the the notorious one, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good too, if we're being honest.
2: Yeah, it's it's smooth. It's got a I'm lot. not really a huge whiskey drinker, like I said, but um I do enjoy it. It's it's you know, it's, it's smooth, easy to drink. It's yeah, so it's a little especially oaky, some, yeah, I like it. Especially for somebody that doesn't drink whiskey, it's it's pretty easy to drink. I so. would
1: say that too. I mean, i have been drinking whiskey for about seven, eight years. Yeah, yeah, not me. Oh, actually, no. uh, uh since four, and I'm 25. You know, yes. did, oh, don't that's right. don't yeah. no underage drinking out there, kids. I mean, you
2: didn't have your first glass of whiskey till you were 21.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, sure. you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Shout out to Fort Loco. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really good. And I know you're a big Connor guy. So I don't I do get into that Connor. a little bit while we're on the subject.
2: Yeah, I do I do love me some Conor McGregor. Huh? I'm a big Conor McGregor guy. Um, you know, even if he's punching old people and you know, throwing steel dollies through bus windows. He's alright.
1: He's just very emotional and very impactful.
2: Yeah, man. I think he's well he's big on he's big on loyalty and I think when somebody it fucks with somebody that he's affiliated with. You're gonna you're gonna feel the wrath a little bit. I
1: think it might be the Irish in him and maybe some cocaine. Um, I don't. Know. I'm not gonna try to slander him. Yeah. but I
2: don't know. He's let I mean, a little he, bit. He used to be a little, a little more reserved. And then you know, once he got that lightweight belt, got that hundred million in the bank, it's a little cloud. From, from the Floyd fight. I'm sure he went and had some fun.
1: Now, um, how speaking of him and this like MMA in general, I know you're big on the sport. How long have you been like tuning into it?
2: Uh the first UFC event I ever watched was <clears throat> UFC 117, Chael Sonnen versus Anderson Silva. Okay, I see. that's
1: w- uh, that's right way before me. Chael-,
2: I- Chael Sonnen versus Anderson Silva when Chael Sonnen, whooped his ass for 23 minutes and then he got triangled in the last you know two minutes of the fight. But that was the first pay per view I ever watched. Uh and the first one I ever bought was UFC 129, which was George St. Pierre versus Jake Shields. Um, that was probably 2011 or 2012. Mm. Um. So yeah, it's been about seven years. I've been seven or eight years. I've been into the sport, uh, and you know, I don't really miss too many fights, even the free ones on Fox with the little known. The free names. ones are good. Yes, I mean, I think that those are the guys that have the least to lose. Um, if that makes sense, it does. The mean. guys on the under undercard, they're trying to make a name for themselves, and they come out, they come out swinging. So yeah,
1: they're trying to fucking fight. Yeah.
2: Right, it's great.
1: Now, being an avid fan of the sport for. Extended period of time a, a sport that has kind of rapidly grown yeah. since like two thousand nine, two 2011. Big, big time. Um, what kind of changes have you seen? I mean, you've tuned in way more than me, almost like clockwork, from this. Like how they're branding themselves as an organization and sport. How you know they're promoting their fighters. Yeah.
2: Well, what has changed in your opinion? Well, I think a lot of the growth has to do with just the boom of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you know twitter facebook all that kind of stuff you know you're seeing people get involved because they're hearing about it through other people um but i think that the overall production value of like the events and just the promos and the build up to to whatever fight it is i think that's probably helped a lot too but that kind of stuff has just really become so so much more in depth and there's more of a story to you know especially the big pay per views um you know the 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 pay-per-views that sell the most there's a story behind them there's a rivalry there's a hatred there's whatever perfect example is Conor Khabib, John Jones DC mm-hmm. um those dudes genuinely dislike each other and there's a story to it it's not just hey these two guys are fighting and they have some animosity there's background i mean the first time John Jones and DC fought, like I got in this huge fight at a press conference and they were both fined like a hundred grand and they, I mean the same thing happened with Connor and Khabib to an extent. I mean, I think that it's like, I think they've done a really good job of turning these fights into like long-term rivalries where these guys fight more than once. Um, Essentially it's just, they're good enough fights. Yeah. They're good enough fighters where like a fan
1: base is going to watch it again.
2: Yes. And even the people that aren't gung-ho, fully into the sport and are researching it or, you know, paying attention to it every single day, they know, like, you know, oh, I heard this person's fighting this weekend. I think a really good example is um, UFC 217, which was George St. Pierre's comeback against Michael Bisping. Mm, That was a big one. Um, Actually, Kate and I watched that with a group of people at Wild Wings. And it was funny because – it was funny because, you know – I think that she's pretty much the only girl I'm friends with that's like more open to watching fighting and stuff. Yeah. But it was super cool because Rose Namajunas knocked out Ioannia Jacek in the first round, which was a huge deal. I mean, Ioannia Jacek was the strawweight queen, the self-proclaimed strawweight cre- queen. But it was funny because it, I feel like that not only because it was a women's fight, but I think that just the humbleness of Rose knocking out this cocky bitch and you want to hear jay check like that really was a big uh, it was appealing to a lot of people mm-hmm. and uh i don't know i think that kind i think maybe that fight made a fan of kate a little bit which is kind of cool but um i think that you know I, I just think that uh like i said i think it's the story and you know they ended up fighting again later but and rose won again but it was it was you know it's just just a story.
1: It's building the narrative. Yeah. I mean, with anything, it's kind of like the more you were talking about it, like how the you have the build up and then you have like the announcement and then yeah. you got the weigh ins. Right. The press conferences. It's almost like a marketing campaign. Yes. From start to finish. Yeah. Like, I you, mean,
2: they are selling they are selling a fight. And the more people that buy that fight, the more people that come to it, the more money, the money they're they make. gonna make. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. I mean, you're you're selling entertainment to people. It's no different than I mean, it's no different than anything else to 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 me, at least. I mean, I think most people just see it as face value, it's two people fighting each other, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes. You know what I mean? And it's almost like you can compare. You could compare it to NASCAR in a way. NASCAR used to be such a big deal, yo. And now, Middle it's America like loves NASCAR the, still. The biggest races of the year, the Daytona 500. You know, the, the super speedway tracks where dudes are just flooring it for three straight hours and they're going 200 plus miles an hour. Those are the only races that get even a decent turnout as far as physical, physically at the track, people in seats. All these, I don't, I gotta be honest, I don't know how much longer that sport's going to last, but it's funny because, I mean, obviously I think the sport was bigger when like Earnhardt Jr. was in it. Yeah. Jeff bigger, Gordon. Yeah, Bigger brand names. essentially. Yes. Yes. Personalities. But it's like almost the UFC and NASCAR have like switched. I mean, the UFC was like almost on its way out 15 years ago and then... You know, it just kind of like took off because it was this kind of ragtag thing for a while. It was kind of cult status. Right? It was. It was kind of weird. I mean, it was like dudes fighting in these like little tiny arenas, and it was like way back when there was like no rules. There was no athletic commissions. There was nothing really structured. Literally, a fucking fight club. It was a proving. (laughs) Yeah, it was a proving ground for the Gracies to prove that jujitsu was the ultimate martial art. And it just evolved into something so much bigger than that. And now it's like, okay, it's not just about jujitsu is the greatest thing ever. It's about what style is going to beat what style, and who is going to be able to adapt their style to the other the other person's strength and defeat them at that. It's a chess match essentially. I mean, it's like it's not like two digits going in there and whoever wins wins. There's strategy. There's game plans. It all comes down. It's all down to strategy. Like I said, it's. But it's funny because. Like I said, it's like NASCAR and the UFC have just done this swap. You have these weigh-ins with these big names, and they're getting more attendees than probably go to most NASCAR races. I mean, when McGregor fought Eddie Alvarez. I never at, even thought about that. If, if McGregor, when McGregor fought Eddie Alvarez at Madison Square Garden, I don't know the exact figure off my head. Jordan, you fact check on that. Uh, but, I mean, the amount of people in the garden at the weigh-in was incredible. I mean, it was more Eddie Alvarez because yeah. uh, uh, that was at the Garden. How? Yeah, yeah, the weigh-in. How many people it, were there? Yeah, how many people were at the weigh-in? For those who don't know, Jordan, uh, our
1: audio engineer slash co-producer slash he's also the resident, resident fact-checker, I should say. Yeah. Excuse my French. He's just,
2: he's the young Jamie equivalent. like uh, Yes, young Jamie. Yeah, young Jamie. Jamie Son. Yeah, from the Joe Rogan experience.
1: He's at the jail. You, yeah. do, you do like DMT? I've never done DMT. No, I have not either. It's yeah, pretty wild. Though.
2: I actually don't think I'd ever do a psychedelic because of the, <laughs> I think uh, I think with my anxiety that I've had my whole life, I don't think it would be a very good experience, it's, <laughs> but it's, I don't know. I'm not
1: going to say if I have or have not, but it is not for the faint of heart, but okay. I yeah. hear it's a life-changing experience. Okay. Uh-huh.
2: That's. I have heard that. I also saw some study on Facebook the other day that magic mushrooms or whatever they're in, actually a reset to depressed brain Is in true?
1: concentrated amounts i've okay. heard like low dose okay that makes um, sense they can give like an euphoric feeling okay so that makes
2: yeah that makes sense so yeah but okay <sighs> for the jordan J- jordan's gonna keep going but, at it all right but, but i mean if you wanted to really see it type in ufc 205 weigh-ins and you'll see how many people were at that weigh-in. I mean, and honestly, incredible. we might just put up a video of it. It, it was incredible. And a clip here later. So, yeah, it it'd was, be perfect. Yeah. It'd be, yeah. It'd be, it would be. It was insane. I just remember watching the weigh-ins. So I was like, holy shit, there's a lot of people there. So
1: Kind of just tying all this together. I mean, just from how much it's exploded as a sport. I mean, you've yeah. seen it as, you know, a very, like, passionate fan. Yeah. Um, to me, what do you think is the difference between McGregor and some of these other fighters? Is it... Their style is it like their strategies? Is it their marketing? Is it their
2: appeal? When you say "what's the difference," do you mean the why difference? are they- why Why is McGregor selling two million pay per views, and why is somebody like I don't know uh, before uh, Robert Whitaker, the former middleweight champ, why was he selling not even close to that? Yeah. Well, I think it comes down to the the I mean the way McGregor can sell a fight. I mean, he's got this remember Joe Rogan saying, like, when he was just coming up, I remember right before UFC 178 when he fought Dustin Poirier. It was like he just has something in his personality that appeals to people. And I think he's just, for whatever reason, it's like he's intoxicating. The way he talks, the way he fights, his confidence, it's like, I think it just bleeds onto people. It's a charisma. Yeah. I really feel
1: like that's like people who are, have very strong presence. Right. And carry he, that with them. he has that.
2: And it was like – from the moment he stepped into the UFC, and, I mean, he knocked out Marcus Burmidge, his very first fight in less than a minute and a half, I think. I mean, you knew he was going to be big. You knew it was going to be a big deal. And, it, it, it I mean, it, he's just grown. I mean, who would have thought some guy was, you know, a double champ in Ireland and, and the Cage Warriors, and then three, four years later he's going to be fighting the undisputed probably or i mean arguably the greatest boxer of all time and yeah he might have lost but the guy went in there and did i mean he he has this famous tweet get in get rich get out i like that and i mean it was like he went in he made a name for himself he i mean he was just whooping everybody he's, with like, the 50s, he's with, like the 50 cent of like the fighting world right come I in mean, he came in make
1: a splash, and. Yeah. He, Cash out. he
2: came in. He whooped everyone's ass with the exception of Nate Diaz one fight. And he came, and then he went and, and was like, "Ah, eh, fuck it, I'll try boxing." Hundred million dollars later, he's sitting on his. He was sitting on his ass until they called him for the Khabib fight. Yeah, and then he's literally is making more bank with proper 12, than he is right. I mean, it's fighting. It's it's incredible. I mean, the guy's a genius in in terms of catching uh, out. Yes, and I know a lot of people hate him. And a lot of people think he's an idiot, and yeah, he's done some stupid stuff, but. We all have. You're fucking right. Fuck them with yeah. the Mayweather's. Speaking of uh, Conor McGregor, can you uh, pass over the Papa 12? I'm have to knock myself yes. off a little bit. I can do that. There you are.
1: So um, the real reason I had you on here today, yeah. we need really to really talk about this. <laughs> yeah. What's up with the Cybertruck?
2: Wow. That's what the we really truck. want to talk about. I mean, it's <laughs> one, that's one badass vehicle. One I, badass vehicle. Honestly, like... Stuff that Tesla's done, I've been you know, cool. Eh, I love the Cybertruck. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think as yeah, as awesome as it is, you know, I think like I'll I'll admit, I mean, I had to write when you know the unveiling was mm-hmm. the unveiling event. It was eleven o'clock at night here. It was eight in L.A. Mm-hmm. But I remember I was like, I mean, they have so many people have speculated just from. For a long time about what this thing is going to look like. And how they kept it under wraps, I don't know. But they did. When this thing rolled out, I was like... Drew. I thought it was a fucking meme at first. Honestly. Like, what in the hell is that thing? But, I mean, he had a really good point. All trucks look the same. they do? Yeah, your Fords, yeah, I mean, your yes, Dodges, yes. your Chevys. Your Chevys. They all look the same. This thing looks nothing like any other truck. I've
1: never seen a truck other than RoboCop. And it's incredible.
2: Like and... I'll admit, at first I was like, what in the fuck did he just do? And I love the damn thing now. I mean, I just was texting my best friend earlier today. I said, Hey man, I think we should pre order could put pre orders <laughs> on that truck. I was like, dude, I think I'm holding off on the model three in March. I think I'm just gonna get myself a Cybertruck. Can you imagine pulling up to like a Dodge Ram in your <laughs> cyber truck? I uh, I'll be the first to say I'm not a pickup truck fan. I think uh, I'm and not particularly
1: either. Yes. And
2: I, I mean The great utility though. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I I mean, I just am not a fan of pickup trucks. I don't I'm sure I'm going to piss a lot of people off here, but I don't like the way people who drive large trucks drive. I think they think they own the road. And that's understandable. We have a bigger car. Yeah, than we're talking people. about like Mason Dixon Pennsylvania yes. driving. Like when I'm, Main... nat- when I'm pulling out of the gym on Main Street at 7:30 in the morning and I get coal-rolled by some dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, okay, sick dude, my hybrid. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, dude, you're so, awesome. It's always the ones with the worst trucks, too. Yeah. They're doing it. It's a, I mean, I had <laughs> this is actually pretty funny, but like, probably like five months ago, I was leaving the gym and I like walk outside and I'm like, why the hell is my side mirror folded? I look and the thing just smashed, smashed. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So I'm like looking under my windshield wiper to see if there's a note. Nothing. That explains a lot. I'm like, dude, this is fucking ridiculous. So I put it in that Southern York County PA page, which is just probably the worst move I've ever made. It's a Facebook page for those that don't know. I mean, you might have Facebook pages in your communities. This one has
1: over 30,000 people, and people are very um, proactive (laughs) in it. They they talk about, is that a loud boom? Um, Does anybody have anything for sale
2: in their yard this weekend? How are the roads? How are the roads? That's a big one when the winter comes. Yeah, whenever an inch of snow is forecasted. How are the roads, everybody? But... I mean, I put that in there, and it was like, you know, people are ignorant that somebody commented that, and God, people suck, and where was this? And then you got like this one girl like, that's why I don't go to the gym, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that's why. <laughs> and, and then there's like this, and then there's just, it, it was really, really funny, because I was just like, okay, this is really interesting. This girl comments, and she says... This is why you fold your mirrors in with a crying laughing emoji, and I'm like, okay, why do you well, think that? Yeah. Wait, but then I look, and there's a like on the comment, and so oh, I go ahead and oh. click on that, and who was it? But her boyfriend, oh they <gasps> they both went to high school together, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, oh. huh, man, I, it's a real freaking mystery who hit my oh. truck or who hit my who hit my escape the escape as I call it mystery and, mystery mystery. I mean, mystery. I wasn't pissed. I ordered a new piece of of mirror glass off of Amazon for 20 bucks. It wasn't a big deal, but I guess I mean, that's common courtesy.
1: I mean, yeah, when I'm in Baltimore city, I always fold my mirrors and I can't, cause I just don't trust anybody. I
2: have, I have uh, started doing that now. Just
1: cause you, you never know Yeah, when you go to Philly tonight, do that. Yeah. because i well, I'm not driving. Oh,
2: so when am riding with young alley Vogel. So. Yeah. Sh- but, sh-
1: shout out to that. young yeah. alley Vogel. Yeah. Shout out. Shout outs. Shout out. Shout out. Shout outs. So. Um, Back to Tesla cyber truck. Yeah. I fuck with it. Seems like a great product
2: for them. It's edgy. I'm a big. It's fan unique. Of it. I I think that this this is just my personal opinion, but I think if you're going to order one of them, you're just not you're you're going to want to go for the dual motor. There's a single, a dual, and a tri motor. They each get more expensive, but the dual and the tri are all wheel drive. Mm-hmm. I think in Pennsylvania it's important to have all wheel drive, but I also think that uh, it's just worth the money to have if you're going to be spending forty thousand dollars on a single motor rear wheel rear wheel drive truck. I mean why why are you doing it? I just think I think that it's just worth it to get the mm. the dual motor the the all- wheel drive I think that would be that's if I get it, that's what I'll order. I won't order the the rear wheel, but that's mm. just my personal opinion. If you want a rear, rear wheel drive truck, go for it
1: in terms of other p- pieces you've covered for the publication yeah. what's been your like your favorite to date that you can like talk about?
2: man, I'm really big on the environment, okay. And so when I get the chance to maybe maybe talk a, mo- a little bit more about the platform in general. Um well the pl- platform as what we cover on the site. Yes. Okay so we have a relatively small team and we have you know a couple Tesla writers, a couple SpaceX writers and me and my editor who is also on the Tesla side. Mm-hmm. We cover Boring Company as well which is Elon's uh, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Flamethrower. Is it his like is it a parent company or like a holding company? Well it's just called the Boring Company. I'm not really sure. What the technicalities of it are. Okay. No, interesting. But the boring company isn't like, man, this is boring. It's like they're drilling holes in the middle of the earth so that way people can, get it's almost like a company for everything else. And a little fun fact for you there he actually proposed one from DC to Baltimore and it's been approved. Oh, I didn't know it was approved. I heard about it's, that. It's been, it's been, it's been approved for a while, but uh, yeah, it might be coming here soon. So actually, they just broke ground on the Las Vegas one um, that connects to not the, know that. Just I, I actually, bombs here. Yeah. Yeah, I Sorry. just I just wrote an article on it probably like three weeks ago. Slight plug. And yeah, <laughs> check, it, check us out teslarati.com. But anyway, uh, I just wrote the I just wrote an article on the fact that they broke ground on the convention center one in Las Vegas that connects it to the Strip, and I think eventually it'll connect it to McCarran Airport. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not completely sure on that. I've had kind of mixed signals about that one, but. As far as that, we also have SpaceX writers and stuff like that, which is his other company that has kind of taken over NASA with the assistance with the International Space Station. Um, But yeah, I mean, we cover a lot of stuff. We cover, you know, obviously Tesla news, breaking news, stuff like that. But we also cover... We kind of do op ed stuff from time to time. Mm. Um, You know, we do a lot of stuff with uh, what's been really popular is Tesla people keying Teslas, which happens a lot of luxury cars. But yeah, you don't want to key a Tesla. I don't know who has to hear this, but don't key a Tesla because that Sentry Mode has nine cameras around it and it captures everything.
1: I say if you see a Tesla and your ex uh, boyfriend drives
2: one and you're upset with him, do not key it. Yeah, (laughs) you'll get caught. It's happened many times. Yesterday, we just uh, got a video of a dude. Literally putting his groceries down, turning on a cell phone flashlight, stabbing the tire nine nine or ten times, and he was in police custody later that night. That's wild. So, don't fuck with Tesla. Like, don't fuck with Tesla. Dude.
1: Yeah, do don't, not do it. Don't fuck with Elon. Yes. Yeah,
2: yo, you don't fuck with Elon.
1: He's a very polarizing figure. <laughs> I love that guy. He is hysterical. It's like a love-hate thing.
2: Yes. it's, it's funny. Is My best friend Seth, he hated Elon Musk a year ago. Uh-huh. And we were driving to the hotel, actually. And shout out to the local
1: watering hole in a yeah. uh, historic
2: downtown New Freedom. Yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> Love the hotel. But anyway, so we're driving to the Huddle. And, you know, he, like, for months was just like, oh, he, Elon sucks, Elon this, Elon that. And I'm like, how do you hate the guy? And he's like, well, what's something cool he's done? I'm like, well, he put his Roadster, which is the original Roadster, was his car that he drove from from his house to work. He put a fake astronaut in it. And launched it into orbit around the sun. He beat NASA, China, Russia, all these major space programs into doing that. And he's like, well, what's the point of that? I'm like, the dude just launched a car around the sun. And you're not going to give him any sort of credit for that. Will his cores blow up? Will this, will that? And I showed him, like, Elon with the Joe Rogan experience and how funny he was with the flamethrower and stuff like that. And he's a big Elon guy now. I, I really just don't understand why people hate on the guy. I mean, the guy's literally trying to save the world. Um, you know, and he's trying to make cool ass cars and he doesn't want anyone to pay for gas anymore. See, I don't understand why that's idiotic. I'm saying
1: just don't take the company from him. He might become Norman Osborne all of a sudden. Just kidding. <laughs> you don't want to screw around with the green goblin dog. <laughs> I saw a meme about him. Like literally it was like Elon and then referencing him as Norman Osborne. Like that is actually fucking hilarious.
2: Yeah. I can see it happening. Don't piss the dude off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, nah, but yeah, I mean, he's one of my heroes and, uh, I mean, just, uh, the ideas that he has for the Earth and just trying to advance civilization and make us multi multi-planetary is, which I think is commendable in that it's, regard. It's unbelievable what the guy's done. I mean, I mean the guy invented. I mean, he was one of the partners of PayPal when he was twelve years old. He's writing the code for a video game called Blastar, and uh, he sold it to a software company for like five hundred bucks when he was in South Africa. And little known fact is, I always think about when. Um, when you you know when we were younger it was like don't pick on the the, the nerdy kids cuz you end up working for them i mean this guy got pushed down a flight of steps and curb stomped and had to have his nose reconstructed when he was in school in south africa really did not know that nobody huh. knew, knows that and now look at the guy he's like arguably like the most recognized he has arguably the most recognized name on planet earth i would definitely attest to that and he dates very alternative um rb singers yes Correct. Grimes. Pop stars. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a Correct. very interesting. Yeah. I think there's speculation that she was at the Cybertruck in veil, There was kind of Ooh. like a – there was like a video behind it, behind before he walked out, and apparently it was her. I, I'm not too familiar with, with what she looks like. Um, I mean, what a life. You grew up in South Africa. I believe yeah. his
1: parents came from a little money. But still, yeah. Uh, like he, well,
2: I, I, I'm not a thousand percent sure about his parents. I know that he didn't have a great relationship with his dad, but his mother, but say, May like is, he
1: wasn't like, he wasn't wonderful. a trust fund baby by any means. No, 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 absolutely not. I mean, he made his own bones.
2: Yeah, and I mean, he came to he came to the United States, went to University of Pennsylvania, went to Stanford. I mean, he's a very smart guy. Went to Stanford for one day, dropped out, dropped out to be a part of the dot com bubble, made PayPal. Rest is history. I mean, he took every single dollar and invested it in the Tesla and SpaceX. It was to me, awesome. that would,
1: that's what I think. I'm not a. He's polarizing some of the stuff. It's just like, OK, like, do we got to do that? But I think the most the most thing I respect him for is like shit like that. Yeah. He's like he's gambling on himself and risking.
2: Yes. Everything. And it's it's not even for himself. I mean, I think it's to make the Earth better
1: at this point. Yeah. I mean. I mean, how much money? It's like, how much money can you make? It's yes. like, okay, like you, you have, you're worth forty billion dollars, right? What is another forty billion dollars? Is it going to change your life? No, no. You're I mean, still, another
2: forty billion dollars. He's pretty much set. You yeah. know what I mean? It's so, it, so. What fulfills you at the end of the day? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he's an awesome dude. Then. Like I said, I I really just don't understand why people are just kind of like, eh, he's this way or that way. And- well, he's a he's a great brand,
1: regardless if you like him or hate him, just because, I mean, he's more than just a mogul. He's, yeah. he's I mean, he's the face of Tesla. He's the face of SpaceX. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not all tech companies are like that. It's usually the opposite, because you have a lot of introverts running right. those companies. Yeah. Like Google, I mean, very introverted. Right. The hierarchy. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Bill Gates was an introvert. Yeah. Or is, I should say. Not was. He's still here with us. Also a big. Big Bill Gates guy. Big, Bill Gates. I also Gaetzer. love
2: Mark Zuckerberg. I was watching his Congress testimony. Even if he's day. a reptile,
1: I'm kidding. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Reptilian humanoid. I was watching his con his you know his stuff with Congress hmm. the other day. When I mean there was like these no disrespect, but I mean there was like these 65, five, seven year old Congress people, senators, stuff like that, talking to him. They like, drink well, t- children's blood. And they're like, how-, <laughs> how, how do you how do you make money if you don't charge people for your service? And he's like, Senator, we run ads. And it's just like, it's unbelievable what they're allowed to ask a dude who's a genius and invented the. That's why we the, need term limits, folks. Yes. Not going to get too political, but.
1: Yeah, I don't want to get into that, but be, we can go down, down a fun rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jeff Epstein did not kill himself. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I won't comment. <laughs> um, I mean, with working for this, I mean you're working. Side by side with like a big company. This like media company is
2: affiliated with Tesla. Yeah. That's exciting. It is. I mean, it was a long, long road to find a job that I really loved. Mm -hmm. Worked a lot of jobs I hated. Um, What did you learn through that process? I mean, kind of go through it. A lot of things. I mean, I I learned that I was never going to settle in my life. Okay. I learned that I was going to live my life on my terms. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. I think it's important not to settle and not to do things just because people say you should do them. Um I I learned that, you know, I I'm I'm big on the fact that you get one life and I know people say live your dash. That's very cliché and very corny to me. I don't mean to disrespect anybody. But you pray love. But I think that it has a lot of meaning because you when you're when you die, there's nothing left. I mean depending on what you believe. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be phys- in a physical body here. So I think it's important to do all the things that you can. And I think it's important to be very happy with yourself and with what you're doing. And the day I stop having fun with this job, I'll leave it. But yeah. I don't see that happening because I found a company that believes in me, gave me a shot and decided to, you know, like I said, they gambled on me. I didn't really have a writing background. I loved to write. I love to do a lot of mm-hmm. things. You know, um, but I I had a knack for writing. I mean, ever since high school. So, you know, my boss Gene, he took a shot on me, and he, I I really think that we're both super happy with how things have turned out. I think, um, you know, without getting you know into too much detail, things have gone really well. Good, and, and I think, like I said, I think it's super important to find what your passions are and follow them. I had a really big passion for for Tesla and that led to a passion in the environment and it led to this job and I'm super thankful and uh like I, I mean it's it's just it's amazing. I get to wake up every day and write about st- stuff that I love and I couldn't be happier. I couldn't think of anything more fulfilling when you have those passions and you're actually actualizing them. Yes. And I think I think there's a lot of people out there they work these jobs that they hate because it's a paycheck and I don't think that's any way to live your life. No, it makes my skin crawl to think about that. Yeah. It's one thing where,
1: I mean, I'm in the service industry and like I'm working off either retainers, hourly or, you know,
2: right, product commissions. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm not guaranteed shit. No. And like, I, but I think that you you kind of took a shot too. I mean, yeah. you could have went, I mean, you could have went and gotten a job at a marketing agency or something. You're like, no, nah, fuck that. I'm going to go, I'm going to do my own thing. And I'm going to, you know what I mean? I think that's really important. And mm-hmm. I commend you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'll be honest with you. When I remember when I first got bought out of my startup, yeah. I interviewed with a few agencies. Yeah. I, I flunked in the interviews because I was so uncomfortable. Yeah.
2: I'm I good see. with people. I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, and it seems like Susquehannock just breeds entrepreneurs. Breeds them. I mean, I'm thinking of you, my boy LTR, Luke Realtor. Shout out to Luke Realtor. Um, you know, I think of... I can't really think of anybody else off the top of my head, obviously. But I just feel like Susquehanna breeds entrepreneurs. Which is interesting reason. The, the think about that, but you're kind of right. Yeah, I regard. mean... Uh, so a local it, watering hole in Glenrout, Pennsylvania. Yes. I think that the hood might have something to do. No, I was kidding. <laughs> but no, but I, I mean, but seriously, I mean, you guys you guys are bait. I mean, you guys are your own bosses to an extent. Mm-hmm. I know that Luke works for a realtor, Sachs Realty, but I, but I mean, you got to think about this. I mean, he's... Basically doing, his, I think a lot of realty is. I don't have any experience with it, but it's 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 a lot of self marketing, self building. Oh, a thousand percent. If people don't know you. You're not going to sell houses. Fuck no. And I, he does a fantastic job at that.
1: He's the 22 years old. Yeah, he's been the top realtor in his brokerage. It's a smaller brokerage, right? But like, you have people 20, 30 years in his brokerage. Yes. He's like 3 months in a row. Like clean up this podcast.
2: It. He's like number 1. And he's just killing it. And he's running circles around that. Right. But uh, and that's not to say that that if you work for somebody else, it's a bad thing. No, it's not at because all. Because I think it's just important to work for someone who believes in you and to do something that you're passionate about. Another example, one of my best friends, Jake Stauffer. Hmm. He's a airplane mechanic and he loves his job loves it and he's great at it. And some people don't want to be the boss and that's fine. They're yeah. not comfortable and I think, doing have
1: entrepreneurial.
2: Yeah, and I don't want to speak for Jake, but I think I think that you know he's just he's like man I I, I know he grew up around cars and I mean he's helped me with my car and mm. my friend's cars and he's just he's got a knack for it and he's good at it and he enjoys it. So it's I think that's important too. Like I said, it's you don't have to work for yourself if you want to work for somebody else. I think some people like you said they they just don't want to be the boss. Maybe it's a little bit too much responsibility. Which is fine. And yeah. they're happy.
1: They're content. Right. Like I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, Jason. He's opened up his piece, second of shop mm-hmm. in the Gettysburg area. Yep. And it was the first week I went to visit him. Right. Bought him some stoges. <laughs> yeah. They had a stogie outside in the back. Shift power move. Oh, yes. Power move. Power move. Yeah. I do my best. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> me one. I'll flex on you forever. Right. It's <laughs> <Psych>. like, <laughs> um, I was talking to Jason. He's like, we're just catching up, talking about business. Yeah. And he's like this janitor pass and he's like gleaming year to year. And yeah. he's like, I've been here for like a week in and now, And this, he's like, this guy is smiling all the time. Like he yeah. loves his job. Yeah. It's just like, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're comfortable. Yeah. Fulfilled in whatever capacity it is. Mm-hmm. You're mopping floors or a CEO.
2: I think a, a, one thing that got me through a lot of tough times when I was in college and you know um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with myself mm-hmm. I had a lot of anxiety problems growing up mm-hmm. a lot of depression issues had a lot of trouble leaving home for school were you uh, are you were you clinically diagnosed at one yes. point I mean I, I Out of curiosity I, I've couple been also, talk about that yeah absolutely I, I think it's important to be open because I think we were talking about this earlier yeah I think if, I think it's important to do what you're comfortable with when you're talking about your mental health. And mm. I've always been really comfortable being open about it because, one, I like the people that are close to me. And even the people that aren't close to me. Well, I like the people that are close to me to know what I'm going through at that no. time. But I also like the people that aren't close to me, just the people in my circle, I guess. Uh, or, you know, the 500-plus Facebook friends. Mm. I'm sure many of them are dealing with mental health issues.
1: A lot of people do, right? Regardless if it's you know clinical, I mean, we or not. I mean, we all go through ebbs and flows. Doesn't mean we have, yeah, necessarily diagnosable. It's just like
2: you have, you know, you're happy, you're sad. But I think that people find comfort in knowing they're not alone. They're not alone. Correct. For example, a couple months ago, in October, uh, you know, I put a Facebook status up. It was a year anniversary of me going to the hospital. I took Mm -hmm. myself into an inpatient facility, and it was. Really big for me because mm-hmm. a year from that date before I was at absolute rock bottom mm-hmm. and I thought it was it. I was ready to give up. Was a year I w- later, I was working for this great company that believed in me, writing about something that I loved. And it was like I was on top of the world. It was incredible how a year changed
1: It's my life. insane how sh- shifts in this mindset and time. Yeah. And this, like, occurrences can really change your perspective.
2: Right, and, you know, I went to therapists and psychiatrists, and I was on medicine Mm. for how many years? And I just recently got off my medicine because I I don't want to knock, you know, what people do as far as professions, as far as psychiatrists or family doctors even that prescribe Mm. people, you know, anxiety, depression, whatever, medicine. But for five years, I took those pills, and they made me feel better. But nothing changed. When something would come up, my anxiety would always take over. For example, when I was in college and you know, I tried to go to state college the first time, I told my mom, I don't want to go. And it was like one of the worst things ever because everybody in my high school knew me as like the kid that just loved Penn State so much. Yeah. And then when that time came, I just, I wasn't ready emotionally. And I don't know really what did it. I have an idea, nothing huh. I want to get into. No, it's fine. Um, But I think that a lot of it was just... I just wasn't ready, but I also think that nobody's really ready to leave their house the first time, but I just couldn't get myself past that point to push myself to leave for whatever reason. Yeah. Right. And you know, that's when I first got on medicine. That was 2014. Um, You know, two years later, I was, I was still in the medicine. I went to fly out to Arizona to see my best friend, Dalton. Shout out. He was living in Arizona. He had just graduated from college. For, uh, in aeronautics, he's a pilot now. Um, he was moving to Daytona to train people, you know, for their instrument license, stuff like that, get his hours. And, you know, I flew from Harrisburg to Philadelphia. Fine. And when I got on that plane to go from Philadelphia to Phoenix, I got on that plane and they said, well, we have to change a tire. We have to change the landing gear. And I was never scared of flying. I'm not scared of planes. Hmm. I love to fly. Yeah. Um, But I knew I wasn't getting back on that plane because I knew my anxiety was going to take over.
1: You think someone else triggered it or was it the actual plane?
2: No, it wasn't the plane. It was the fact that I – I mean the night before, I couldn't sleep. I was waking up every half hour sweating my ass off because I was so scared. I was scared shitless to to travel on my own. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't ready, Mm -hmm. and that's fine, and I believe everything happens for a reason. But at the same time – um, you know, looking back, I don't have any regrets. I'll never say, Oh, I wish I would have went mm-hmm. because I'll probably go to Arizona at some point. You know what I mean? But, or you will, you know, no, yeah, for sure. But uh, I learned a lot from that, from that whole thing. And, you know, I, w- I was upset with myself to an extent, but how upset can you get, you know what I mean? Um, but I'll tell you the biggest thing that has happened in these last couple months. That's really helped me one, get off my medicine and to just gain, you know, a really a, a big a, mo- a really broad sense of appreciation and gratitude is the fact that my entire mindset changed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: One of my biggest pet peeves is when people wake up on Monday and they say, "Oh fuck, it's Monday." I
1: can't stand that.
2: You don't like Mondays because you're taught not to like mondays because it's the beginning of a new week why wouldn't you take that mindset and shift it from shit it's monday to fuck yeah it's monday and now it's a brand new week and i have new goals and i'm gonna wake up and this is gonna be the best fucking week of my life or, why wouldn't you do or, that or
1: break down further it's just like okay i'm taught not to like mondays why do i personally not like mondays yeah is it because like i'm just not happy with myself yes and like i gotta go do this on monday am i is not it, happy with what i'm doing correct
0: why, so,
2: why would you not want to wake up and make that week the best week of your life if your job requires you to wake up on monday and that's the beginning of and that's your start of your week. week yes i'll never understand it I, I like i said i think people are taught not to like mondays and i there's another thing it's like wednesday this one week i'm scrolling on instagram in the middle of the day it's like complex put something up and it's like Something about, oh, man, it's only Wednesday. I'm like, what do you mean it's only Wednesday? It's, kind it's to- fucking Wednesday. It's kind of fucking we- toxic when
1: companies have that much leverage
2: and they have,
1: influence to do that. They have that this bothers the shit out of me. The
2: huge, this huge following, and they're drilling it. I mean, not drilling it, but they're telling people that it's Wednesday, and fuck, it's only Wednesday.
1: And sorry for me mumbling there yeah. for anyone listening in. I have a horrible habit of chewing on ice. <laughs> so it sounds like blah, 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 blah. blah.
2: But yeah, yeah, not to interject, mm. but... No, but I mean, it all comes down to mindset. And if you go into something with a negative attitude, it, you're, it's going to suck. Um, you know, I hate when people are negative about things because there's just no chance of them happening if you're negative. A big believer in the law of attraction. I don't know if you know what that is. I'm aware. It's it, it's just the belief that if you if you believe something enough in your heart of hearts, it'll come true. I yeah, believe I I'm a standpoint
1: with it where you have belief and then. The actualization of the belief. Yes. So if I believe this, I'm going to get that job at Tesla. I know that, and And I'm going to put the work into like make them or Tesla right. I should say they're going to you know they're really going to go through my resume, go through my samples. I prepared. Right. I believed it. I've done the actualization, the work,
2: and they hired me. Yeah. And you know it could be something as arbitrary as pulling into Walmart or Giant and saying, "Man, I'm going to get that very first parking spot. I'm going to have the very front row." Maybe it might happen. It might happen. It might not. Yeah. But I mean, if you believe it enough, shit, and it happens, that's the best feeling in the world. And it's, I mean, and it's, it's something that arbitrary, like a parking spot. And it's something as big as your next career or that, or that raise or this, or the next, the new contract or whatever. If you believe that it's going to happen, it might happen. But if you're sitting there like, oh, I'm not going to get the front row parking spot. Why would I get the front row parking spot? It's, it's three o'clock on a Saturday. So you're never going to look for it. Well, Yeah. It's like you got to look for it to at least attempt to get it. It's uh, it's Put just it's just like you're never going to get something if you don't have the mindset that you could get it. Mm-hmm. If you're just like I can't get it, it's not going to happen. This is going to happen instead. It's never going to happen. It's just uh, that to me that's the way the universe works. And it's all down the mindset. And I think that's super important. And I it was it's a big reason that I've come out of this deep hole I was in, which I it's interesting like we've known each other for a while Mm -hmm. um
1: we're not super close we're like yeah but with that being said i remember when you put that post out on facebook i did not know
2: yeah i I kept it it kept it very close in my close circle i mean you know like um, amanda that's why i gave you a lot of
1: kudos yeah
2: seriously for that i appreciate that um
1: to be comfortable with it because i about to say it's just like To my outside looking in, you were just a happy, go lucky,
2: fun guy, and that was my impression of you. Right, and and to that point, it's funny that you say that because right before we went on, we were talking about Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. How he is—he was the this great comedian, and he was in these just fantastic roles. But then there's like, he was super damaged, and I think the same thing with Anthony Bourdain, one of my favorite chefs. This guy was traveling the world, eating I hear some of the it's fucked up. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, some of the greatest food on this earth that's ever been made, and he got to travel around the world, and he got paid to do that. That is just incredible. It sounds perfect, but this guy was struggling, and he was in a dark, dark place. for whatever reasons. You yeah, know? I mean, we don't know. No, yeah, but it, it, and it's not really fair to judge and and speculate on why he did what he did. But he did that, and we can't change it. But. To me, it's like, you know, I, I always worry about the people in the room that are the most outgoing and tr- always trying to please others, because... Why are they doing it? Why are they right constantly doing it? And for me, it was always, I never wanted the people that were close to me to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I would do anything in my power to make sure that they weren't hurting the way I was. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know why I always hurt so bad. I think it was because I looked into a lot of things much deeper than most people, mm-hmm. Um. And I was always looking for the why factor. Why is this happening? What is going on? Like, what is the purpose of what we're doing right now? Yeah. Um, I th- I think that, you know, for a while when I was like really confused about where my life was going, <clears> what I was going to do after college, what I was going to do for a career, I think I really beat myself up and I was a little too hard on myself. Um, And I've come to realize that, you know, we all make mistakes and we, you know what I mean? It's. It's part of living. You know, you improve as a person after yeah, you do. You, yeah, absolutely. The way so. I frame
1: it up at this point, the worst thing that happened is I can die. Yeah. And it's inevitable. So right. it's like,
2: so it's like, you so know,
1: as long as I'm not going to harm or cause negative damage to right. anyone. Right. I want to do whatever the fuck I want.
2: Yeah. And I think, like I said, I think it's really important to enjoy what you do. And I mean, I think it's, I think it's just important to live a life that you're really proud of when, you know, when it's a, when it's your time to go. Um, you're happy and you don't have any regrets. So I, you Get know, tattooed on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <absolutely. laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I just felt for me that it, the best way for me to handle it. And I've always wanted to help other people who have had that issue. I felt that, and I'm not saying that you should just go out and be like, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this and I'm going to put it on Facebook. For me, I wanted to put it out there. That was a conscious decision yeah. after you went through that journey. Yes, and I wanted to put myself out there so I would get the reaction of people to to know that they could talk to me if they needed to. And I got text messages and it wasn't like direct hey, messages y- yay, give things. me attention. No, no, it it was never about. And
1: that. And the way you worded it, it was very appropriate, very mature. Yeah, thank and, you, and very insightful.
2: But I, I wanted to, I wanted to be there for people, even if they were perfect strangers. Hmm. Uh, you know i think that sometimes those are the best people to talk to about things because they give you the most unbiased it's neutral like, feedback it's candid yes and you know i had people text me and direct message me and tell me what was going on what would you do here what would you do there that i mean that, that's that's a really good feeling knowing that these mm. random people that you haven't talked to since high school or people not to, that you've never talked to at
1: all i say not to say names who were you surprised by some yeah. of the people you chat to? you
2: uh yeah to an extent i know you know there was a couple people that I was kind of like, you could tell that they're kind of dealing with things, and they were kind of like, "Hey, man, like I really appreciate what you're, what you said, stuff like that." But then there's people that kind of were out of the blue, and they were just like, "Hey, like I know we don't talk, this kind of thing." And I mean that I, it was eye opening because I know people deal with stuff, and I think it's uh, now it's do. a lot a lot it less varies. yeah, but I I think now it's a lot less taboo than it was. Um, I think it's a little more reasonable to be going through things now because i think it's like not as big of a deal but at the I'll, same time i'll
1: quote a line with sopranos uh tony okay, yeah. the first episode he's like you gotta be the gary cooper silent type that's what my mama told me but I, you uh, don't necessarily have to be that yeah and absolutely. like he even realized that yes you know i mean it's one thing i think if you need to get something off you it's one thing if you're comfortable being private and dealing with what you're going through yes. but if you're uncomfortable and unsettled Seek help. Yes. and whatever capacity
2: that's the most healthy for you. Yeah. And I think that – I, right. I think that if you're comfortable with going out there and telling people what's been going on in your life, then I think you should do that. But if you're not comfortable, with, then don't. No. But I think it's important to seek help and to try to better what's going on because you can't just sit around and be like, oh, I'm depressed and it's never going to get better. Oh, I'm sad. It's like I'm never going to be happy. Mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous to have that mindset. And I think – for the longest time, I was always like, man, I'm upset, and not that I had a bad mindset about it, but I don't think I was being positive enough and ever thinking that I would get out of the hole. I think I always thought that I would be dealing with this my entire life. Yeah. Wow. And until a couple months ago, I finally kind of gave myself a little kick in the ass, and I was kind of like, I I'm sick ne- of being this way. I'm sick of being upset and down on myself, and I'm sick of struggling. So I'm gonna get myself out of this, and I think a big part of it is um, exercise. Big believer in that. No, I'm serious. It, it changes you. Yes, seriously. Exercise, nutrition. Um, you just don't feel like shit. No, I mean and that's a big step feel, you mentally feel, too. You feel better when you're exercising. You feel better when you eat well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a licensed psychiatrist. Yeah, I mean, we're not
1: licensed at all.
2: No. Take what you're hearing from a grain
1: of salt, but yep. more importantly, I'm, out there, do whatever you feel like is the, the most healthy, and that's not going to harm you or anyone else. Right, and I, for Lead me, that for not-
2: me, I'm just trying to share my experiences, and that's why I'm on here talking about that, and that's why I put that Facebook post up. Mm. I just felt that it was important for me to kind of share my experience and what I did to get out of the hole. Um So, yeah, I mean, that, that was important to me, but I'm happy that. People reached out.
1: No, yeah. and I, I think it's great having you on, just because yeah. you're a really passionate guy.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: have awesome passions: UFC, football, the whole nine yards. Big poker player too. Big poker. Love me some poker. Little shark. Oh yeah. And then <laughs> with that too, it's just like you got you fell into a career that it's awesome. Yeah, but it's the thing. It's just behind closed doors. Not everything's always smoke and no. You know, it's rosy. You know, there's yeah. a battle to get
2: there. Right, and, and things are still not perfect. Right. I mean, you got to think about it. I mean. I think the beginning of the the down the downswing was when my parents split up. I just never thought my parents would split up. That okay. was ten years ago. I think that well, I was a freshman in high school. So consciously, though, yeah. No, but I think like that it. was kind of the down the downswing. Like I said, that was the beginning of everything, and I think I just struggled a lot mm-hmm. um, after that. But you know, I just I think that, like I said, I think it's a lot of mindset. I think you just have to want to get better. And I don't think I necessarily wanted to get better for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I mean, find your passions and, and chase the hell out of them and don't rest till you get them because that's what I did. And I'm fucking happy as hell now. That's a f- great fucking note to end on. I can't
1: yeah. really say anything else. Yeah. Normally I wrap it up, but we're going to wrap it up there. That's awesome. And yeah. Gentlemen. All right. Shift power of rocks. We back early 2020. I'm going to close some deals. Joey's going to keep killing it. That's right. We're going to drink a lot of proper 12 in the meantime. Take it easy. Thank you.
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed.